Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Love as He, the podcast. Uh, this is episode 16, sweet 16. Um, yeah, guys, it's episode 16. Oh, my God. And um, we are on book, are we on book 11? I believe so. I believe this uh, book that I will be speaking to you about is a book numero ante. Uh, number 11 in the series a very 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 interesting um and you're like uh what in the world is happening right now uh so if you didn't know uh i'm gonna be talking about heart of obsidian this week uh which is caleb krychek's book so if you've been reading this series, right, this isn't the first time you've heard this character's name. And if you, uh, when he first was introduced, I believe in Visions of Heat is when we first hear of him. If at that point you were like, oh, I want to know more about him. Well, this is his book. Um, and his book is a really good book. So this, you should have read it or you should read it because I think you'll really you get to see so much more we've seen glimpses of Caleb and his thought process and how it can be very 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 dark um but you then this book really delves into all the reasons why um and I think is is a really really I think this book does something really really well which is Caleb is not you know one of those heroes that you're like oh he's such a great man Caleb's fully much like hmm mm, I will murder everyone in sight and he, I mean you know his his hands aren't aren't you know clean he has murdered people a lot up until by the time we get to this book like he's not just like I just like I want to go first hot like he's just like nah you cross me, you die. And like, very matter of fact about it. Um, and yet, we are able, as the reader, to understand his motivations, see where he's coming from, um, feel empathy, often, I mean, at least in my case, agree. Sorry, my upstairs neighbors are uh, loud. And thanks to quarantine, I can't be like, go outside and play. Because it's like, no, don't go outside. If you go outside. You might die, so I guess stay inside and be loud. Duh. Um, but yeah, it's he's. I think some. I don't think every author can craft such layers to a hero. There are authors who are really skilled at it. There are authors who are kind of skilled at it, and there are authors that I'm like, you might want to go back and try many, many times again because because no but I don't think that's what happens here um I think that with Caleb we sure start to see that you know even within so many many reasons for someone to be absolutely awful there is still hope um which I do think is sort of interesting um to think of it like that because i think it's sometimes easy to fall into like oh they're just evil but and there are people that are just evil they exist in this 
in this book series. Um, and some of them, I'm like, oh, why aren't they dead yet? Like, I'm waiting for them to die. Like, kill them. Or if I will. Um, so, but I don't think Caleb is one of those. And I think it's because there are choices that he makes that I think keep him on the right side of that, you know, line that if as a character he had crossed i don't think anything could redeem him and bring him back um so yeah so yeah so that's what we're gonna be talking about this week or we (laughs) that i'm gonna be talking about um but before i get started so i don't know why i like assumed that like somehow in the world that we live in with the way that the internet works that like i don't i I just assumed like nalini singh would never hear about this podcast um and then i think it was two episodes ago i think she retweeted like i had made like a little like snapchat video that i posted on twitter being like oh my god i totally forgot to tell y'all i posted an episode on monday because it was like i put it posted it on tuesday and she retweeted i remember like fangirling in my room like oh my god but like i still didn't really like consciously think like but she might have also like listened to the episodes and you're probably like where are you going with this Esther? where are you going with so the most recent newsletter um if you've signed up for her newsletters you will have gotten it if you haven't i'm going to be putting the link in the show notes so you can sign up and be blessed with the awesomeness too the most recent newsletter came out and something there was a little thing in there that i was like oh i like gasped i gasped when i first saw it like i think i gasped and then i like kind of squealed and then i was like wait 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 so it's like halfway i want to say oh no it's almost at the very end newsletter exclusive a little something fun and the graphic is free to repost uh everywhere so i'm going to maybe i'll like post it on my twitter so you guys can see it there so she writes sometimes i hear readers say they'd read their favorite author's grocery list that sparked an idea in my brain about the grocery list of various characters. Here I give you Judd's movie night shopping list. And so the reason why I'm saying I gasped and I screamed is because I have said all those podcasts. I know because I've listened to like episodes after like, ooh, you, you, you did ums too much or you, you tapped your nails too much. I have said on this podcast and in general that like I would read whatever she put out including a grocery list like I'd just be like okay yes where's the grocery list give it to us so the fact that she gave us like a grocery list that's like so cute clearly like Judd is like trying to fit like has a list for movie night supplies and I, I was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god um so I was very, very, very excited about that. Um, and if she's listening to this episode, she's probably like, sir, you silly, silly girl. I'm just like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. That was so fun. I loved it. I mean, it's like, it looks like obviously he's going to be making or Brenna's going to be making pizza from scratch because it's pizza-based materials, consult recipe and file home to Z, which I'm like, oh, cute. Cheese but in brackets fresh mozzarella peppers cold meats mushrooms 0.5 only which i'm like i guess half only um and onions then pineapple chunks reference image brenna 17 
popcorn, blue packet, not the yellow packet, mint leaves, fresh, not wilted, pick from produce garden, rum, see reference bottle, image on file, sugar syrup, generic, soda water, generic, leaves, and then there's like an arrow, and in different like uh, font, um, it's like, Joe Lauren, I can't believe you listed my favorite salad as leaves, and then two limes, and then in brackets, it says pillage from Dark River Territory. And then the same font that was like, Judd, I can't believe is like very funny. Also, don't get your cute TK butt caught. Which is also like, first of all, why is Judd pilfering limes from Dark River? Like, does Snow Dancer not have li- limes? Like, can he not just like pilfer them from like, like what? And then I'm curious, like, what does that mean that Dark River has limes? Like, do they have... <gasps> Do you think that they have some sort of like orangery or citrus type growth place thing in on their lands? Oh, that would be so cool. Now I feel like maybe they do and I've forgotten that information. Anyway, I really, really enjoyed that. And it got me really, really excited. Um, and I, I do really like when authors are like, let's give you like a little slice of life moment scene. Um like a brief little snippet into you know the lives of these characters that you love and you know I'm we're not giving you a whole brand new book girl by like we got work to do on other books that you've asked for but let's give you some like cute little moments um to sort of you know round out your idea of who these characters are both as themselves together with their um partner or partners um so I I really I appreciate that um I just think it's like fun like to just like kind of like be like oh I can just imagine this this is so cute and it's just like the idea of Judd who was a former arrow assassin being like domesticated enough to like have a grocery list like that for that character to have gone from where he was when we meet him right in silence not feeling any emotion not you know truly believing that like cool I saved you know my niece and my nieces and nephew but there's really no I'm not going to have the the kind of life that I see these these wolves having because like i'm sorry and to see him go from that to being able to like have this future with brenna a wolf and be happy is like happiness thank you um so yeah so as usual i'm going to first talk about heart of obsidian without spoilers or as little spoilers as I can and then you know you'll probably hear my cutesy little ad and then um I'll talk about it with spoilers and oh was I going to talk about something else today I don't remember if I remember then you know you'll keep hearing me and if not well then I won't be able to talk about it because I've forgotten (laughs) um so yeah so now begins the spoiler-free segment of Heart of Obsidian, the book about Caleb Krychek and his myth. Okay, so, oh my god, I don't know why I did that, but I did. Anyway, so, our two main characters, right, are 
Caleb Krychek, who is a counselor on the council, right? The ruling force for the Psy. And a character who's been mentioned, I, th- I think is briefly mentioned in Faith's book. So that would be book two, Visions of He. And that is Sahara Kyriakis, Faith's cousin. There's a brief mention of her, like literally, I think it's a few lines. So when we are introduced to Caleb, we get snippet scenes of Caleb because I believe we first, that's when we first meet him in Visions of Heat. Uh, there is a spot on the council open because um, Marshall Hyde, um, a counselor, had died. I'm doing air quotes because he was killed, but whatever. And the two people that are sort of running, running up for that position are Faith and Caleb, right? And Faith is kind of like, uh, I'm not prepared. What? I'm not, I don't want this. I'm not prepared for this. So Caleb gets the spot. So throughout the books, there are scenes that hint that Caleb is hunting something. And at first, because of how little we know about him, none of it sounds good. He's hunting something. He is relentless. He refuses to give up. I don't remember which book it mentions that he's been at this for seven years. Like, whatever he is hunting down, it sounds like, oh, oh shit. Like, I don't know if anyone wants to be the thing that he is hunting. What we will come to realize specifically in his book is that he was never hunting a random thing to give him power. He was hunting a person. And he was hunting a person who was kidnapped um, and hidden and hidden very, very, very well because it took him seven years to find. And that person that he hunts down and finds is the other main character um, of the book, which is Sahara Kyriakis. Of course, this is a romance novel, so that means there's a happily ever after her. I mean, this is a series, so you know what I mean. So if these are our two main characters, that means that they get together. Now, these are two side characters. Up until this point in the series, the only other potential two side option, like characters we've had that have fallen in love, are Katya and Devraj, right? Now, the difference there being Devraj is, has never been inside the Sinet because he is descended from the Psy who split when silence was introduced. His, you know, father, grandfather, great-grandfather were like, the, I believe, no, I think it would have been his great-great-grandmother, great-great, one of those, um, I think the one three times removed, um, defects from, you know, the Sinet and that's who where he comes from whereas katya yes is from within the cyanet structure but of course there's going to be differences because you have two side but they are and it it becomes very interesting like obviously devraj's side but he has different powers because of the fact that he was never inside the cyanet so this is um 
the first couple that can be true you know can be about two side characters who are both in the signet that we have seen in the series it won't be the last but it's the first time that we're seeing it and it's also um the first time we're seeing a counselor be a main character right because we've met other counselors we've met nikita we've met anthony who is in case you're like kariakis that sounds similar he is the uncle to sahara um his brother is her father yeah so we've met anthony we've met nikita we've met ming um henry and shoshana weren't married truly they were just you know hot garbage basically um as you can tell i don't like either one of them and they annoy me to, to the end. So it's interesting that we get this one counselor who does get a happily ever after. Um, when we haven't seen that yet. Or before, I mean. So we have these two characters who... One has been kidnapped, right? And held against her will. The other has been searching for her, but in the process is like, I will like literally tear this world to shreds um, if I don't get the results I want, right? Um, so this, it, this, this story I think is really interesting because I, it's not to say that the other um, sort of uh, main characters, the heroes that we've met so far are like you know goody two shoes who are like oh my god i'm such a good person Uh, no but caleb i think is like very much to the extreme like if you thought judd was like a bad sort of like guy because or not bad but like he had a lot of dark in his past because he had been an assassin i mean caleb's story is infinitely worse it almost feels like um so it is i think it is really the way that we learn about who he is um what he is capable of both in terms of his vast power because i don't it it doesn't become clear until this book that caleb is a lot more powerful than anyone had any idea of he has been very good at keeping a lot of the truth of the vastness of his power concealed but certain events happen in his book where he has to use almost you know the full breadth of his power and so the truth about the how how literally powerful he is is sort of like whoa so I do think that this book is interesting in that, yeah, we are getting, I mean, I, I'm i like, do we call him an anti-hero? I guess we can call him an anti-hero because in many ways, what drives him is to find her and to give her what she wants. And if what she wants is the world to burn, then the world burns. And with what she wants is not for the world to burn. Then, oh, okay, fine. Right? So he isn't necessarily driven by, oh, love and empathy and compassion for the world at, at large. He's driven by there is this one person who I need 
to do whatever I can to keep her safe, to keep her happy, to keep her alive. And so in some ways, so it, it he's not like, you know, because Hawk is like, has made obviously very ruthless decisions, has, you know, but he has, I feel like Hawk has an inner core of honor in terms of what he is willing to do and not do that Caleb doesn't have. Caleb is like, well, Caleb would only have that if Sahara was like, you can't do this. And then he's like, I mean, okay, fine. Right. Oh, my neighbors or not my neighbors. Someone driving by has decided to bless us with some music, guys. Yeah. Just, you know, some background music on a Sunday night, I guess, to say thank you to to Jesus for dying on the cross. I don't know. Um, so this book, I really enjoyed this book. Um, and part of it is because Caleb is so dark. So to see how a character that is that dark is able to then, you know, be brought to a place where you believe that he's fallen in love and that he's worthy of that. And that, you know, because sometimes you read stories and you're like, but he didn't do enough work to deserve this. Like he didn't change enough. He's still kind of, mm, my favorite word, douche canoe. But I feel like Caleb does understand and learn things at least in reference to this one woman. And so the he's obviously a work in progress, right? But I do think that in this book, he goes... Because I think at the beginning of this book, he, he also believes that similar to Judd, he's not going to ever have that kind of a life or someone... Um, is not not that someone is important to him because she obviously is important. He searched for her for seven years. But I don't think he ever thought that he would have, you know, laughter and joy and deep emotion and love with another individual. He, I think it's very early on in the book that it's like the only person that could happen with is her. And he knows that. But I think even then, he's very much like, I mean, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I want the best for her. And so for then that to then turn into what they become, it's like, whoa. And I think I really like that, that like someone who can be so far in the dark, there's still that hope that they can find love and be loved and be accepted as who they are, right? with all of their flaws, with all of their faults. Um, if you like those kind of heroes, heroes that are flawed, right? And flawed, not in, you know, flawed because life was that brutal that like it almost would be ridiculous to think that they could be full, whole people because they weren't ever even given the chance. If you like those kind of heroes, 
you're gonna absolutely love Caleb's book. Like, absolutely. Um, because I think he embodies that a lot. Um, and we get to sort of see in this book, we get to, I think in other books, the idea of, or the reason why silence was implemented still seems kind of like, I feel like in Sienna's book, like, obviously her power specifically and, you know, obviously pre-silence, she probably would not have survived past, you know, childhood. But I think in this book, it really becomes clear why the Cyrus chose silence and also why that choice may be the reason why things are you know, falling apart now. So I don't think I have much more to say about this that's not spoilery. I mean, I really like both of these characters. Like I said, it's first time we see two Psy. Um, we see a lot of the arrows in this book. And I think that's if you were interested in Vasic and Aiden because you'd seen them in previous books get to see a bit more of them in this one and <laughs> guess what this is the books that come after are theirs um and you get to see um a level of cooperation that i think might have seemed impossible when the series began because the series begins with you know the changelings specifically dark river and Snowdancer hunting a serial killer in the Cyanet. And no one, you know, there is no communication between the, you know, the three sort of races. And by this book, there is definitely open lines of communication and things are clearly have, have changed, um, and whether or not it's for the better, the reality is things cannot stay the same. They have to change. So this book, for me at least, it was... Because I think also, I wonder if in previous books it might have seemed like, well, maybe Sai can only fall in love with changelings or humans or Sai outside of the net. Others who already have emotion, right? In this case, we have two characters who grew up within this structure, right? Who grew up with emotion being conditioned out of them, which then shows that even if you don't fall for a changeling or human or someone who grew up Psy, but not in the Sinet, if you're both Psy, you can still find love. It's going to be obviously very different. You're both going to be, you know, literal virgins, um, Caleb references the mentions that he did lots of research on the basically the internet which is hilarious to think of a grown-ass man being like guess I'm gonna have to research like different positions and whatnot and foreplay and all that jazz that's the reality for Sai right they have never ever done any of those things because ugh, touching bonds feelings no um and so it is a very, I feel like this book is sort of like there to be like, 
okay. It can happen regardless of who the two characters are, right? And this is what it can look like. Um, and it may be different from the 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 way that a relationship develops between two changelings or changeling and a human or changeling and a psi or a psi or sorry a human and a psi um have we seen i feel like there's a pairing we haven't seen or maybe we have hold on changeling psi changeling human changeling changeling right psi human psi changeling psi psi yeah we have seen them yeah yes sorry guys i was like have we but we have because psi human sophia and max and then psi psi these two and then psi changeling oh we we've got numerous couples to choose from right lucas and sasha faith and bond dorian and shia um bread and bread wow brenna and judd i'm so sorry brenna so sorry she's like bread harut um right so we have seen so it feels like okay this is this is possible in this world this is like can happen and it is absolutely incredible when it does okay so i'm going to pause yeah okay and when i come back it's going to be spoiler time time for the spoils Spoilers, 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 eh, 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 spoilers, eh, eh. Sorry, guys. Quarantine is kind of, ooh, making me drop my phone in my hand like a weirdo. Okay, I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. So, Heart of Obsidian, Caleb Critchick, Sahara Kyriakis. Um, this book, um, is... Very, very good book. I mean, I say this about all her books. So you're probably like, really, Esther? You're saying it's very good. You say that about all of them. Mm-hmm. So, first time, we're getting two side in the side net. And not only are we getting two side in the side net, but we're getting a counselor who is a dual cardinal. That means he has cardinal-level powers for two kinds of psi powers not one but two um which is wild absolutely wild he is both a telekinetic and a telepath not only is he a telekinetic um but like vasic he can teleport to places and people as in he can teleport to people's faces so he can so as long as obviously the person's face hasn't been scarred or disfigured or whatever he can teleport to them so that is obviously an immensely powerful individual and there have been glimpses of the level of his power but it really is shown i think in some ways in this book not in all but it is very very clear that he's hella powerful in case you're like have we met telekinetics before yes judd is a telekinetic but judd isn't cardinal i mean judd is hella strong but judd isn't cardinal level which should tell you that Caleb basically basically Caleb is off the charts off the fucking charts now Caleb his backstory is really sad in that he was placed in the care 
of a counselor when he was three. That counselor was Santano Enrique, which, if you've been following along, was a serial killer that gets um, killed in the first book, Slave to Sensation, because he was out here butchering changeling women. So that man had custody and care of Caleb Krychek from, from the time Caleb was three. So in case you're like, I wonder how Caleb became so dark. How about being brought up by a literal psycho sociopath serial killer? But in case you didn't read the book and don't care about spoilers, we have another surprise coming. Um, Santeno was curious about you know, experiments in genetics. And he wondered if he did certain things, he could basically create a, basically, you know, create a side with, create, with power off the charts. So not only was he horrible, but he basically is also Based on DNA, Caleb's actual father. Which is like, <gasps> but no. Okay, so you're probably like, so how does this all work? So Santano takes sort of takes over um, Caleb's care. And as has been made clear to us in previous books, when a child has what are considered to, um, the Uh, sort of offensive you know abilities abilities that can cause harm they are often placed in the care of others in within the signet structure um so taken from their parents because often their parents um do not have the same sort of um offensive capabilities and couldn't possibly train their child so this happened with judd he was put in schools for the you know school for the arrow for arrow children and that tends to be school children are geared to the words that school if they have things like being a telekinetic being um in sienna's case uh, an ex like if you have this if your son if your side power isn't about you know you're not a foreseer like faith or you don't have the interesting quirk that sorry guys uh that Sophia has with her day that her justice like the way that like you know she can go into memories and that I mean yeah you can go into memories and whatever but it's not the same as so Caleb gets taken from his parents air quotes um from what we then later learn in his book obviously the man who was listed as father that that was always incorrect so really you know Caleb is the product of a woman who probably for money or status or whatever um allowed her eggs to be used um and to carry to term you know this child because Santana and Rico wanted and Caleb lets Sarah know that you know a few years after he was born like both of these individuals die so they even if at some point they might have potentially wanted 
any sort of relationship with Caleb or to protect him. They weren't even around to do it. Although, based on their actions, we're led to believe that they never would have wanted to protect this young boy um, who grows up to be the man that we meet. So, not only is Caleb raised by Santana, but obviously Santana is, you know, also charged cray-cray. And he forces Caleb to be present when he butchers changeling women. And I'm thinking, if you guys can remember back to Dev and Katya's book, right? Ming had planted compulsions in her mind. And so, imagine... If you're a child and an adult is in your mind and has compelled you to not speak on the atrocities, to not speak on the torture that you're going through. So you can't even speak of it because it causes unimaginable pain and then you black out or this, that, and the other. So Caleb couldn't even tell people. So you might be wondering, why does he meet Sahara? Um, so what we find out is... Um, there's a six-year age gap, so when they meet, Sahara is seven, so he's 13. Santano came to Anthony because he wanted to um, set up a contract so they could have, I guess, F, an, an F from the Psy clan, um, from the Night Star um, Psy clan, um, for C for him. And he brings Caleb with him. Um... And Anthony's like, I don't conduct business in front of children. So he can go with my niece who will show him around. And Satana was like, she's too young. He can stay. <laughs> and Anthony was like, well, you can come back next month. But we're I'm not discussing business in front of children. So of course, Santana probably needing whatever he needed was like, okay. So Sahara shows him the grounds. And in the process of showing him the grounds... She says that they can go see her father, who is an MSI medical. And uh, Caleb is like, why? It's just like, oh, he's got like cool things, like cool scanners, right? Because at seven, she has noticed that he's in pain. And when he's like suspicious, it's like, well, cool scanners. And he says, I've seen medical scanners. So she understands at seven, okay. He's not going to want to go see a doctor. So instead of just, you know, ignoring that information, she walks slower. She chooses a route that is less arduous because she doesn't want to cause him any extra pain. That is enough. That moment, Caleb also realizes what's happening and he's 13 and no one no adult he's ever been around has noticed when Santano has you know, brutalized him and he's barely holding it together, essentially, right? That means he was sitting right next to Santana Enrique in front of Anthony Kiriakis, who's an adult and I'm extremely powerful, and Anthony had no idea that Caleb was in pain, and yet the seven-year-old girl does. So he ends up visiting her, a few days later, a few days later or a week or two later, um, because he can teleport to faces. And what ends up happening is that a friendship begins to blossom. But by the time Sahara's 15, 
it's not just a friendship, right? They've fallen for each other. These two individuals, um, and she taught. She has a memory of how she tells him that like he, you know, just has. They just have to wait until she's like twenty one. They can um, file for a joint um, co-parent. Like they can file for a conception like agreement so that they want to like conceive together and then file for a joint parenting agreement so that they'll have to live together and Caleb is like of course because this is the only person who's ever shown him any any feeling even though technically they should be silent and Sarah struggles with her silence and he keeps reminding her that like if she's not careful like she'll be rehabilitated but they even knowing all of that that they have definitely bonded. Unfortunately, Santano, being the sadistic, evil, bastard monster that he is, knows about Sahara because even though Caleb has done his best to keep that information as secret as he can in his mind, Santano is in his mind and knows that it's there and later taunts Caleb with that information like saying oh well I he allowed it to continue because it kept Caleb stable so you're like okay well how do we get to you know where they were you know he's hunting her down for seven years so Caleb no not Caleb Santana wanted to believe that Caleb was exactly like him and he ends up trying to get to come. He ends up trying to compel Caleb to torture and violate Sahara in the same way that Santana had done to changeling women. And he ends up leaving that sort of memory in Caleb's mind. We don't find out in the book until pretty close to the end that a lot of what actually happened that night was removed from Caleb's mind probably by Santano um and that he not only was able to stop himself but even ends up hurting Santano and so what does Santana do he I think also finds out through you know basically violating Caleb's mind that Sahara so Sahara is Sai and she has a power that doesn't have a name because it is so so rare so because she's part of the nightstar clan obviously foresight is one of the things that they have lots of in their clan and then there's the you can also have backsight which means you can look at things into the past sahara can infiltrate anyone's mind regardless of what kind of shields they have and no one the person won't know that their mind has been breached um and not only that once she has been inside someone's brain or mind or whatever she can essentially control their mind from wherever she is so that's crazy right right because what does i value more than you know their minds 
and for someone to have the power to be able to enter any mind at will and leave no trace so you don't have to if if for example if you controlled someone like sahara you could go in steal information from your competitors your enemies whatever they would never know anything you could even potentially mind control them so i feel like sandano offers her up to tatiana Rika smith for two reasons right it probably gets him a cool favor from tatiana but it also helps him to break caleb which is what he always wants because he wants caleb to be exactly like him because he sees nothing wrong with the fact that he's a psychopathic sadistic monster so tatiana and satana work together grab her and caleb realizes that unless he is as powerful as the council he won't necessarily be able to find her so everything i feel like the two forces that have always probably driven caleb have been to beat santana enrique at some point get him out of his mind and let Santana know you can't ever hurt me or touch me ever again and to find Sahara so (sighs) this is a lot to take in right both of these characters have been through immense trauma now Sahara always knew her father loved her and I think what I thought was really fascinating is that Anthony so we saw with Anthony Kiriakis that we expected him to be sort of curt and short with his daughter the way that Nikita it has been at times with her daughter. And he's has made it very clear from the beginning, like, no, family matters. And that level of family loyalty would m- many people be like, but that is emotion. Well, we find out Sahara's father, Leon, has been searching for her from the moment she's disappeared is living in the home that they lived in which is meant for an adult with a child not an an adult by themselves and when she comes home um and this is after she spent some time with caleb because when caleb finds her um sahara is so far gone right she's emaciated because she does not eat she was being kept in a padded white cell with the lights on at sort of an inhuman level of glare um watched 24 7 treated worse than an animal just like all of these horrible things and so when she finally is when she asks caleb to take her to her father um he does because caleb caleb is driven by what Sahara wants and needs, he'll do. If Sahara wants him to murder everyone who had anything to do with what happened to her, he has no problem doing that. In some cases, even when she's like, I don't want you to do this, he's like, I, I'm sorry, but this is one thing. He doesn't even say I'm sorry. He's just like, this is something I can't give you. I have to do this for me. But he mentions to her that he, if he had not, if the path if the search had ended up with her being dead, the entire world would be forfeit. And he has no problem being like, let me just destroy everyone. He mentions that with his power, his dual powers, 
he could potentially like unleash it and get down to the earth's core and explode the earth from the center out like just on levels that you're like eh oh that's crazy so we have these two characters and they have so much to work through right the trust issues because Sahara at first has no memories. And no, her memories were locked up because she knew that she couldn't let herself be used by Tatiana Riker Smith. And so she creates this crazy sort of labyrinth. So her mind is like chaos at all times. and Which is why she was treated so horribly. Um, because they think it's like, well, if you like do what we tell you to do, like we'll feed you and whatever. And we'll treat you well and all this jazz. So she's got all of this trauma he's got all of his trauma um and he doesn't really ever see that he can have anything resembling a future right he's happy knowing and he doesn't i don't think he doesn't classify it as happy but i think he's content knowing that she's alive and she'll be okay but he's also very adamant that she belongs to him he will let no one take her from him ever again so he's a a really dark and twisted sort of main character in some ways but i also at the same time no i feel like twisted is the wrong word because caleb doesn't hurt to hurt for hurting saint he hurts when he feels he's been wronged right and sometimes it's like okay you're you're being ridiculous but almost all the other times it's like mm, no you have a point like, i would want to do the same now obviously these books when we're watching these characters fall in love the rest of the real world of the, the series is happening and so pure sign um henry died in the previous books thank god um but his loyal lieutenant general whatever vasquez not dead and so he continues to try to push pure size agenda and that leads to several different attacks um because he's convinced that emotion is what will be the downfall of the side race not understanding that the cyanet itself is rotting is becoming more and more unstable and that is due directly to silence um so we've got you know several different instances in the book where things could have gone way worse than they do and the reason why they aren't as bad is because caleb shows up and is able to use his vast power to find people move buildings new things like he is a crazy crazy power oh and also like on a funny sort of side note um when judd and brenna right you know go full intimate skin privileges and get it on like judd trashes the room judd is just a regular ass dk right i think he's like eight point something on the gradient caleb ends up setting off a medium-sized earthquake in the moscow region <laughs> Um, and so I think at one point, and he obviously doesn't say it to be funny, but he says to Sahara that, like, they can't get it on. Like, they can't have sex in, like, any highly populated areas because 
and it's like funny because it's like oh my god like taco like this isn't rocking the bed like you're rocking the place oh, sir um which i thought i just found that really funny um so yeah they are and because both of these characters grew up in the science structure right and have to navigate all of this together of course because sarah's mind was essentially so broken because of everything she gone through she no longer has you know any level of silence protocol but nothing but she knows what all that means because she grew up with it and so there is an understanding between the two of them that what they have experienced what they're experiencing is something that no one in the Sinet understands because this hasn't happened over a hundred years and what that might mean for the future of their people because it is becoming clear that silence as it stands has to fall because if it does not it literally will allow for this malevolent rot to collapse the Sinet structure at in and of itself which will lead to instant death for everybody kind of thing um and so in previous whenever we have changeling a changeling partner right there's that mate bond um but what we find out in this book which makes sense because the psi live on a neural network and all that jazz that they end up having their own sort of bond like a bond that can be seen on the signet right and the bond is like a gold i think it's a gold like rope or it's like gold the gold represents sahara and then there's like almost like an obsidian like coil around it protecting it which represents um caleb so i do think um it's really interesting because then it means okay does this then mean that what's happening what happens in the shadow net and what happens in the snow dancer net and what happens in the dark river net right does that mean that that can happen in the sign net and then how does that work right So I did think that that was really interesting. And in this book, we also see Vasek and Aiden. And um, we understand that the arrows are no longer just going to blindly follow any leader. Because that's what they did with Ming. And because of it, many arrows died. Because Ming never understood the arrows, even though he was a member. But I think Ming never thought, never ever had the capacity for the loyalty that is engendered and i think because i mean ming's capabilities like you know he's a telepath and is really like strong in mental combat or whatever but i don't know that any of his capabilities would have hurt him specifically so maybe that's it i don't know i'm not sure um maybe he's just terrible trash bag but it becomes clear or not it becomes clear it we are seeing or we're being shown that the arrows have come to the realization that because they are loyal to them 
to each other then they have to protect each other and they can no longer just blindly follow someone in the council because the council doesn't know what the fuck they're doing anyway and is basically you know no longer existing right henry's dead shoshana is not ever going to be as powerful on her own tatan oh gala basically leaves tatiana in some bunker and it's like ooh, like if the thought of like torture kind of is off-putting to you those scenes you might not enjoy you could you should probably skip them but so yeah we've got henry out of the picture shauna basically out of the picture tatiana out of the picture um so all you've got left is ming caleb nikita and anthony and nikita anthony and caleb to some degree all want the same thing which really just leaves ming and <laughs> snow dancer wants him dead so he he won't die soon he has to die soon because i'm tired of it man he annoys me he aggravates me and i don't like him so this in this it's really interesting because with everything that's going on right we're all trapped in our homes and we don't know what tomorrow may bring when i got to the end of this book because i think when i was reading hawkins sienna's book when i got to the end i was kind of like oh this was kind of hard to read right now because that book really was like things are about to get fucking crazy and too many powers that be are willing to forsake and sacrifice different populations for power and it felt very like mm, on the nose like it feels like that's similar to what's happening now the different factions who are all vying for power are willing to sacrifice whoever they need to sacrifice in whatever way so that they can have power so it was like mm, i mean i love the book but mm. whereas at the end of this book because it ends with you know caleb being like we need to let the populace know that that silence as it stands will have to fall and that we then need to go forward into you know a new um because this book doesn't have an epilogue but it, it like the last thing it's like dawn and it's like a new dawn and i was like oh that felt so hopeful which is fascinating also right because this book is a lot darker we've got this like anti-hero all of the things that sarah has to go through so it's like i mean again none of the characters in these books have like an awesome like wonderful perfect life um but also when we think of for example when we think oh i forgot the previous book wasn't hawk and sienna it was riaz and audrey i mean in riaz and audrey's case a lot of their issues were emotional baggage but like they you know as i've mentioned before they had parents all that jobs were like i mean sahara does have her father caleb had no one um and sarah Hera is his one person but for that for the book to start in such sort of a dark dark place and for so many different shitty events to happen to end in you know essentially this concept of a new dawn and the potential for um something better it just i did i got to the end and i i felt sort of a moment of like like just i felt thankful because it's been 
I'm gonna be honest guys it's been hard to read to focus on anything I did finish Scandal in Spring by Lisa Klebis I did not get to finish uh one two one oh my god what is the Tessa Dare book with the Scott when the Scott ties the knot yes that one because it was like oh I borrowed it from the public library like the ebook and then I just kept like forgetting or putting it off and then the library was like oh girl so we're taking that back and I'm just like I'm gonna have to put that on hold for some other time and I think it's because I'm that I think obviously with everything being so crazy and up in the air it's stressful um and in my case like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm working from home and I'm so bored because I like have nothing to do. I've had the opposite. Um, I've I looked at my hours um, at the end of like when I clocked out on Friday and I had clocked over 95 hours in a two week period. Right. Or normally I would be clocking 79 to 80 over uh, just under 96 hours. That means it all basically 16 additional hours that's two extra days worth of hours and I didn't work extra days that's just like some days I worked 11 hours so so it's been exhausting and stressful and frightening and so reading has been hard uh, but I've been like, no, you're, you, you got your podcast. Like, even if only five people listen to it, like those five people are about like, it's Monday. I would like to listen to, or even if they listen to it on a Thursday, like they would like to hear your ridiculous voice and your voices. <laughs> so it just felt really nice to get to the end of that book and be like, oh, this is, there's hope because it's so easy to forget that there's hope, right? It's so easy to fall into that feeling of like, there's no meaning to life. It's over. Give up. Say sayonara. So it's like, oh, I love it when I read a book and I'm just like, oh, your life is good. And also, I realized something. So this one was a little bit different for me to read in that for Heart of Obsidian, I own the hard copy, um, the hardcover, sorry, because I had this one signed by Nalini Singh, which I'd mentioned um, in last week's episode. So, I mean, I'm never highlighting a signed copy. So with the, like, the ebooks where right, I'll just, you know, highlight them the hell and back. But with this, it's like, I'm, I'm not highlighting. Like, I did take pictures of two things I wanted like to sort of make a note of but like in general I was like but but I would never I would never just just desecrate the book like that and I understand that other people like Esther it's your copy you can do what you want yeah and what I want to do is not highlight in it thanks so much um because I'm 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 a little weird like that you know I'm a little I'm a little strange sometimes maybe all the time you know it is what it is but yeah and then I think it's also because in this book right there's obviously a huge shift in who is in power and who is not and those who are in power and aren't choosing to help people are slowly falling out of power and out of favor 
and those who are willing to work together to make sure that people are safe are gaining a foothold. It just made me hopeful to think that maybe in the real world, we may see more of that. Um, I don't know, but I want to hope that with what is going on, we will sell, we will see a shift to people in power choosing to help people who they would have maybe ignored or if those people were like well I don't care about all these people because they mean nothing to me having those people fall out of their positions of power so that people can rise to those positions that are willing to help that are willing to understand that we cannot continue in the way that we have been because to do so leads to like literal annihilation so I really like I got to the end and I was like I feel so like warm and cozy and I think I like got to the end of that oh no I'd read the newspaper thing the newspaper the newsletter before that um but yeah I really I really did enjoy this so so yeah that's Caleb on Sahara uh you might be like you didn't talk that much about Sahara I mean I think that she is an incredible heroine in that she clearly sees who Caleb is and she has a moment where she thinks if he has gone beyond a specific line in the sand I will have to end him and it will end me because I'm not going to be the same I'm not going to be able to survive that and I it might sound crazy but I think at least for myself to know and love someone that much and know that if they go beyond the pale, you won't just walk away and give up, but you'll do what needs to be done at the greatest cost to yourself because that is what is right. I like that in characters. I just, I do, right? I want Maybe because it's so hard for us to do that in real life. So at least in my fictional world, I want characters who are willing to do that really, really hard work of saying, I love you, but if you do that, you will force me to end you. And I will. And that'll take something from me. And we've seen this before because Judd mentions that, that if he ever had to go after, oh, I don't know if I mentioned, I think I did. Um, Caleb is also the ghost, the rebel. But Judd, knowing that, was like, it. he knew that if Caleb decided to, you know, go basically full bore crazy, he would have to take him down. And it would have to be, you know, and it would take something from him. Because for Judd, right, Caleb is who he might have been if he'd never met Brenna. And so, whereas in Sahara's case, it's more like, I love him so much. And if I can't save him, right? If she can't save him, letting him live means he will, you know, destroy countless, countless people, worlds, whatever. So she must do what needs to be done, even though it will be, you know, it will tear her also apart. But I, maybe it's like crazy sounding, but I, to me, it's like, yeah, that, that sounds like, because she knows him to his core, the good, the bad, the ugly. 
and she accepts it. And she also accepts that there are certain things that he could not come back from. And so either you don't let him get to that point. And at first it's more like she's worried that he's already gone too far. And when she realizes she he hasn't, it's like, okay, well, I will not allow you to walk into the darkness. And he's kind of like, I am already in the darkness. She's like, okay, well, you're not alone. And there's always other options. Um, so... I really liked, and she, I mean, she was held and tortured for seven years and still comes out and is strong and capable and is will, is able to, to, to be there for this man who, you know, has such a level of power that no one can understand. So she... Once again, it's an incredibly strong heroine. And what is Esther like? But incredibly strong heroines. So, I uh, yeah. This this was a good one. And I enjoyed it. Alright, guys. I'm going to stop here and uh, drink some water. Because my throat is a little bit, a little bit parched. Feel a little, a little parchedness in the vocal cords. Okay? I'll be right back. All right, friends. So I'm pretty sure the next week I'm going to be talking about the next book in the series. But at the same time, I'm also like, am I? I don't know. Uh, and in case you're like, well, what is the next book after it's Shield of Winter? But I also wanted to talk about it. So I had randomly been thinking like, oh, we're all stuck in our homes, trapped and it's terrible, and it sucks, and boo-boo, and I thought about writing letters to, like, my friends and family, because, I mean, we've got extra time, and, you know, at least within the United States, you can mail a letter for the cost of a forever stamp, which is 55 cents, um, and I'd found some stamps that I had, so I was like, oh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, but for my friends and family in Canada, that's gonna be more, so, um, I managed to go to the post office. I also had to go grocery shopping, so I decided, okay, this is, I'm go I'm going to take this extra, extra trip, and that was a little crazy, but I did it, and I got, you know, there is, they do now have, um, international stamps, so it's just a book, and of, a, it's not a book, it's a sheet of 10 stamps, they're $1.20 each. And so if you're trying to send mail to, like, Canada, you can. Um, and then I think right after I did that, I was reading about how USPS is, like, on its last leg because the government is hot garbage. And there was a thread by a USPS worker who was sort of explaining, like, why USPS is so important um, and, like, what all of the work that they do. And one of the things that he mentioned um, was that a way, you know, obviously contact your Congress person and be like, uh, can you, I don't know, do your job and make sure that the Postal Service doesn't disappear? Since apparently I didn't know this, but it's in the Constitution. And you're like, you didn't know this? I didn't grow up here, guys. So, no, did not know this. 
But the other way he said that people could help was by, you know, ordering stamps. So what did I immediately do? Even though like I have like 20 forever stamps and 10 international stamps, I was like, so I'm just gonna go buy more stamps. So what I was thinking is like, if you would like to receive a card from me, um, please send me your information um, as a Twitter DM or an Instagram DM, and I will send you a card with something written in it. It'll probably be obviously romance related, um, and silly. Um, but yeah, cause I, I don't know. I, I like the, it's funny when I first moved, not when I first moved, probably like two years in, I would sometimes write letters home to like my parents, um, my best friend back home. But then I sort of, you know, fell out of the habit. Um, but I have a shit ton of stationery. Some I've bought when I've traveled. Some where I currently work. One of the things that we manufacture is no cards. <laughs> so a girl has no cards to send cards. So yeah, if you would like for me to send you a card, please send me obviously your name and your mailing address either through Twitter or Instagram DMs, um, and I will put, you know, my Twitter and my Instagram in the show notes. Um, and also, I'm also going to put my link tree, so you can just click on that, and that also takes you to my Twitter and my Instagram. But if you're, like, on a phone, uh, I don't know if it matters. Anyway, but yeah, I was thinking that would be kind of cool like you know let's let's take it back to the old times and and getting letters is fun um I recently got a letter from a friend who's um he's recently enlisted in the navy so he's at a base in in Illinois and so I got a letter from him and I have already sent him back a letter and I'm excited for whenever he can send me another one so yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, that would be so cool and fun. And like letters don't have to be like filled with like, like it could just be like ridiculousness. Like, and oh my God, I just had like, or actually I just finished eating spiked hazelnut coffee ice cream from a brand called Tipsy, Tipsy Scoop. And that was delicious. It's liquor infused ice cream. It was so good. You know, so I, it's that might be something that I'd just put randomly in a letter. Or I'd be like, oh my god, I was reading the book and this one quote stuck out to me. So I'm sharing it with you. I hope you feel special, y'all. But, um, so yeah, so I think, pretty sure next week I'll do Shield of Winter. If not, you'll know by like the episode title because it'll be in the episode title. If I don't do it, then you'll know. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'll do. Uh, at this book, from Shield of Winter to the end, it's six more books. And we've got, after tomorrow, when you hear this episode, eight more weeks until Alpha Knight comes out. So I can, I could, you know, I have two, I have two sort of bi, I have two bye weeks. Like, this is a sport, except no one's playing sports because, you know, the world is ending. But not, 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 not yet. Not yet, guys. Don't worry. We got time. The aliens will come and save us. <laughs> oh boy. Let's, let's, let me not say that because that's crazy. 
Um, but yeah, if you are interested in, you know, basically becoming pen pals, uh, send me a letter or no, not, no, that, listen to me, listen to me being susly. Send me your name and address via the DMs and I will then send you a letter, which will obviously have my address. So if you want to then send a letter back, you can, then we can begin our pen pal ways and people will look back and be like 2020s when pen pal and letter writing had a sur- resurgence and it changed the fabric of the universe i'm kidding i mean actually we don't know it just might it just might and if you're wondering like about the stamps like they've got different kinds of stamps obviously on the on the usps website um and like some of them are really cool some of them i'm like oh, cheesy not for me but some like there was hot wheels and like dragons and sesame street and orchids and then there was like some random states um the flag there was like seasonal ones like christmas and kwanzaa and eid and diwali so if you like are like oh i want to stock up for those holidays then i mean why not but yeah let's uh do that anyway uh i hope you guys are having a decent week you are being kind to yourself if you aren't productive that's okay (laughs) we are all trying to survive okay this is not oh we're just you know at home and everything is hunky-dory no Everyone is in survival mode. Everyone is stressed out. Everyone is anxious. Everyone is worrying, whether consciously or subconsciously. So if you don't feel productive, that's fine. If you want a nap, that's fine. If you hate everything, that's fine. Write it out in a journal. Get those emotions out. Don't keep them in. But you, it doesn't need to be, you know, if you feel like creating, but what you created isn't absolutely perfect. Who cares? You you created something you should pat yourself on the back like i said be kind to yourselves it's hard i know i i'm constantly having to you know tell myself stop with the negative talk like it's not good so i know it's not easy but i I just you know i want you guys to be kind to yourselves because you know we're all we've got all right i'm gonna let y'all go Hope you have a good night's sleep, which is really, really hard right now. But like, I'm hoping I'm sending out the good night's sleep vibes. Okay. I'm sending them out. I'm just pushing them out there and being like, come on, good night's sleep vibes. Go to the people, go to the people and give them a night's rest because we all, we all need it. All right. Bye guys.